Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, hello. We, we find hey. ourselves here yet again. Hey, cuties. That's what I like called like the tough cut, you know, because cut cuties. They're my yeah. little cuties. Or yeah, it's actually the tough cute. The tough cute. Yeah, it's actually been pronounced wrong the whole time. Uh, kind of <laughs> fucked up that people keep doing that. But oh yeah, well. whoever that asshole is in the introduction. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're some somewhere between cuties and nasties. I think is what our <laughs> our, our that's kind is. of a beautiful sentence. If I like, descri- <laughs> if someone like described me, if I found out, because you know how you never know how people describe you to others. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone, if I found out they were like, you're somewhere between nasty and a cutie, like, I would like that. I would really like that. Nice. That's pretty yeah. nice. Well, um, with that, let's get right into it. Hello and Woo. welcome back. We're the Woo. Tough Cute Podcast. Um, and I'm Matthew. <laughs> I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Cutie Jake. <laughs> um, and this is episode 61, part four of our Oscar bracket. And coming at you, we're closer to 100 than not to 100. Yeah. What are we going to do for our 100th episode? That's a crazy thought. That's wild. We should live stream. We should actually like, you know, (laughs) yeah, do a face reveal, do a face reveal, reveal. do a foot reveal. Ooh, be like (laughs) corpse and do an arm reveal. Arm reveal. Yeah. Shout out corpse husband, I guess. Um, (laughs) Come on the show. (laughs) That's never going to happen. Um, I get out some people. I'm not going to dig into that one. <laughs> uh, coming at you in today's episode, we've got uh, the finale of our Oscar bracket, which is Nine Days mm-hmm. uh, versus Mitchells versus the Machines, or Nine Days versus Mitchells for the ease of referring to it, um, which should be a ton of fun. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get into that, we've got some honorable mentions because it turns out the you folks out there in the audience also watched some movies last year and had some thoughts about them. It's true. We sure did. Oh, and we also watched some other movies that didn't make the cut. Um, yeah. To get in the bracket. So we'll talk about that. Best those of too. both worlds happened here. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. And also, Jake, I'll just say it. Spoiler yeah. warning for oh. the honorable mentions uh, <laughs> right. and the movies that we're going to be talking about later. Because yeah. if you haven't seen them, uh, we will probably ruin them. I plan on spoiling at least two movies that I talk about in honorable mentions. So, but they're movies I don't want you to see. So, don't worry about that. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound like a very honorable mention, Jake. <laughs> You're right because they're dishonorable mentions. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I'm starting. Off, I'm a positive person. We're very positive. It's on coming this out podcast. the gate hot over yeah, here. Yeah, but I'm coming in hot because it came up. Look. I genuinely believe it is a red flag if you thought Licorice Pizza was a good movie. I <laughs> I am full like full said saying that it, you are if you like Licorice Pizza, you are probably some white guy who has some fantasy about some like when you were younger, some older woman thinking you're so cool and so unique that like she wants to be with you, and it's like the only reason why she won't is because she's older. Fuck off, guy. I don't like no no this movie like <laughs> I've never seen a character in Alana Haim like written so well and so poorly at the same time and I've said this before like on our uh, Oscars predictions bonus episode but like man oh man I think that's not great I think it's romanticizing very bad things but Alana Haim you acted your ass off Bradley Cooper you were in the movie <laughs> <laughs> we love yeah. that. Um, yeah. I love yeah. when Bradley Cooper is in a movie. 
Honestly, he's the best part, and he's there for two seconds for no reason. Ugh, what a bummer. And and then he they, they literally use him in the trailer for scenes that got cut. <laughs> we love to see that. No. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Licorice Pizza, so fortunately, I guess I get to dodge Jake's black mark of death over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't have thoughts about it because uh, literally, literally, the that's only, how the film should exist. The only discourse <laughs> I have gotten about Licorice Pizza is just from Jake. <laughs> like, I know it's like trended on Twitter a few times, and like some people right. have like mentioned it in passing. Like, oh, I thought the movie was good, and I'm like. That's weird because this guy who I really trust with his movie opinions keeps saying it's awful. So, dude, again, like just because your film looks pretty and because like they act well doesn't mean the content is like not garbage. And I just couldn't get past that. I couldn't get past how like garbage the story was. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have more thoughts on Licorice Pizza, but I actually want to parlay this into one of the the audience honorable mentions and sort of yes. one of mine. Yes. Yes. Um. So we had an audience member call out Red Rocket, which I know one of your big things with Licorice Pizza is the um, age gap romance and the way that they are, your words, I believe, romanticizing it. Again, I haven't seen the movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And I think Licorice Pizza or I think Red Rocket's a really good example of almost the inverse where the it is a aging porn ex porn star who becomes romantically involved with the teenage girl. But the movie has no qualms about like, it does not, it is not a a good thing. Um, They're not treating it as such. No. And like, I saw red rocket and I liked it more than I liked that. It's just cause like licorice pizza will literally tell you licorice pizza will literally tell you, uh, Oh, like this is a strong woman. She's doing her thing. And then every decision she does is for a man. And then she like, I don't give a shit. I'm spoiling this movie. She kisses him in the end and like show, shows him like, Oh man, it's just like, it's weird. Oh, and also there's a scene where they're laying together and he goes to grab her boob and like, she's asleep. Right. And then he doesn't. And then he's like, yes. And then we're supposed to be like, wow, this is a really character building moment for this guy. It's like, no, <laughs> fuck you. Like you thought about it. You tried to do it. And like, you're like gross for that. I'm sorry. Like, ugh, ugh. and like red rocket does not do that. They <laughs> like, these are not great. Yeah. Red rocket is a good example of how to like, it, yeah. Cause it, I, it, yeah. It, it, it's an overtly, like, literally, essentially a predatory romance, but the movie is not, like, sugarcoating that to be, like, yeah. we should wistfully all search for the the aging no. porn star to sweep us off our feet. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, it's, it's also a really fantastically written film, but I just thought that that was an interesting comparison that you can both mm-hmm. have, in your opinion, a bad example of this and a better example of this yeah since we're since we're just starting off talking about dishonorable mentions i think it's worth noting that um someone in the audience said the green knight but with not next to it so not the green knight um yeah i think means they meant it as a dishonorable mention i didn't see the green knight but um i someone i know saw the green knight and so they thought it was bad and weird really whoa yeah dude i I mean Worst comes to worst, even if you think the story is weird, if we're talking full like Oscar like things, <laughs> it should have won something for cinematography or been nominated for cinematography or makeup or costuming. Yeah. Like it just the fact that it wasn't nominated for those categories, it looked brilliant. And like watching the behind the scenes of them like crafting like the Green Knight and like, you know, doing it, it's like it's a gorgeous film. And and even if you think the story's weird, because it's a little weird, it's a fable, you know, fantasy 
that's not everyone's jam. The, the like, like closest, it, it's an Arthurian tale, and it's like an yeah. actual adaptation mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. like most Hollywood Arthurian adaptations are like, look at these badass wicked knights fighting droves of dudes. Yeah, no, yeah. this is like one of the weird <laughs> ones, and this it, is like the poetry <laughs> of like, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. So I I totally agree with Jake. I think. The cinematography, I think the the art and makeup is super beautifully done. But it's also a movie I understand people not liking. Um, Look, you get to see Dave Patel or Dev Patel literally jack off. I don't know, like, why you wouldn't like that What more can you ask for? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, get over yourself. <laughs> get over. One, more, one more thing on The Green Knight um, mm-hmm. <laughs> before we move on. The advertising for this movie was just like burned into my brain because they kept like trying to be like, okay, okay, look, we know it's a weird premise. I know you haven't heard of the Green Knight. Uh, Gawain, he's he's an Arthurian knight, okay? And this, we're telling the story, the real story. And I'm like, what is, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> there, there was probably one person from their childhood that bullied them for knowing so much about the Green Knight. <laughs> And it's like, this is why I'm doing this, okay? This is for you. Like, the advertising was for one person and one person only, which is yeah. how all ads should go, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, so I don't know. Very I targeted fun. advertising that alienates <laughs> most of the viewership. Tiny little thing before we jump into some more um, honorable mention stuff. Uh, Green Knight was an A24 film, and I feel like some of the A24 advertising in recent memory has just been a little, like, like for lamb. Yeah. It's just been kind of odd. Anyway, <laughs> they use the same like <laughs> songs in their trailers, like the same like uh, score almost. Like, they they want like, you to know it's an A24 yeah. film without I even having to. <laughs> Dude, if look I closed at the my eyes and someone saw me the trailer, yeah, I, I would I would guess it's an A24 movie, um, which no shade. I usually fucking love A24 movies. So, yeah. So to to circle around, bring us back to honorable mentions. I'll throw out one of my own. I can't remember if I talked about this on the actual podcast or just to these two, but um, I was going to put drive my car um, in yeah. this bracket, um, but ended up putting worst person in the world instead um, because I love both films very, very deeply. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, signal boost worst person in the world. But this is my way of doubling back down on drive my car. It's a fantastic film. It's really good. People should just watch it. <laughs> I mean, it was good because you're going so back and forth that accidentally Alex ended up watching it for the podcast. <laughs> so in a way, we got at least one more person to watch it. And he loved it. It's yeah. really good. Guys, if you haven't seen Drive My Car, you should. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's an yeah. Awesome the Cars movie. franchise is taking a wild turn, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. really proud of it. Craziest things happen when you put things in the hands of a, a Japanese director. <laughs> Pretty wild. <laughs> it was funny. Watching Drive My Car, I was like, because it has the some credits in the beginning, and I was like, huh, that name looks familiar. Yeah, they and don't then drop to like 40 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that name looks familiar, and then I was as I was watching it, I was like, this feels, like, this is a vibe that I, like, know. Um, and mm-hmm. I realized it's based on a book by Haruki Murakami, and I, like, read a bunch of his books when I was in high school for an AP World Lit class. Like, it's just That's pretty awesome. wild. Yeah. yeah. Murakami, That's yeah. sick. Yeah, uh, but I have um, a couple other movies in my list of honorable mentions. So let me just say off the bat, I picked King Richard because I felt like it was the movie that I watched this year that felt the most like it was trying to be an Oscars movie, right? Um, It it pulled it off. Will Smith did, in fact, win an Oscar. (laughs) There were many other movies I watched that I enjoyed probably more 
than oh, King Richard. Mm. Um, one of them, <laughs> uh, but but did you enjoy it you more than Boss Jungle Baby Cruise? Too? <laughs> <laughs> Jungle Cruise was so much fun, and I was so torn when I was picking it because there were like a couple other movies that I really kind of wish I had picked now. Um, if if we're gonna okay, I'll talk about Jungle Cruise. But for Jungle Cruise, I was between two movies. I picked Jungle Cruise because I hadn't seen it before and I thought it'd be really funny. Um, the other movie was Godzilla vs. Kong, which oh. was just, oh, mm. watching that on an airplane, mm-hmm. peak airplane movie right there. And that's that's that kind of energy yeah. I want to bring to an Oscars bracket. What do you guys think? Look, you're talking to, you're talking to Matthew here. He would have loved that shit. Yeah. He would have loved that shit. Big fan of giant monsters fighting each other. Kaiju movies are my jam, dude. <laughs> like, I do think, that. though... That um the movies in that franchise got worse and worse oh, as they yeah. went on. For sure. Oh, definitely. Because I really loved the 2014 Godzilla. Yeah, I the thought first that one? shit was really good. Yeah, I agree. 100%. In the second one, when they say, <laughs> oh my god, Zilla. Zilla. Like, it yeah. cannot get dumber. <laughs> yeah. For a movie where the 2014 one was so serious and felt so grounded, for them to then have that line in this movie, it was absolutely crazy and ridiculous. That's pretty metal, though. That's pretty... That's oh, camp. it kicked that's ass. Good. It kicked ass. It kicked ass. Jake. It's about what ass. you would expect. Yeah. Jake, did you have a movie? Did I have a movie? I sure did. Uh, I also think... This is one that, like... I, I also understand why didn't two people didn't or why they wouldn't like it. I really loved the French Dispatch, um, mm-hmm. but that's because I love Wes Anderson. But it was very Wes Anderson, and it was basically just like a bunch of different stories and like you know little things. But it, for me, it just was such a pleasant time. Like I just found myself having a very pleasant time, and sometimes that's all you need in a movie. You know, like yeah, I just great. need to sit there and have a pleasant time. The actor is still great. Like it's still Wes Anderson, like a a language that I love. And um, yeah, and I thought some things were like really good. Like Francis McDormand was really good. Jeffrey Wright was really good. Um, Timothy Chalmette uh, was in the movie. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I just I, I, I also think if we're talking about Oscars, like if you don't give that motherfucker production design for like all of his movies. Like, I feel like that was, I think it was one of those things where like, yes, maybe he's like been nominated before, like do whatever and like give it to other peeps. But I really feel like, especially with the French dispatch, he designed like five different worlds and like, or like set subsects and like really is purposeful with his production design. I think it should have been nominated. A real it, like snub. he puts, yeah, he puts that much effort, like, so much effort into his into his movies and the design and the look of his films like i think it's great um i understand because it's it's not really it's it's no grand budapest hotel or moonrise kingdom or fantastic mr fox but like it's it's good like it's just nice yeah i think i'm gonna like it here (laughs) (laughs) what else you got matthew Uh, i don't know i saw i feel like in general the movies i saw in 2021 I liked for the most part, there were like the crop of pretty good or two very good animated films that I really liked. One of the big ones, um, I actually really, really enjoyed Encanto. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it was generally very sweet, had very catchy music, obviously. I know I talked about it a little bit in the Oscars uh, predictions bracket, but that that was one I I was like in my almost territory. Um, Mm -hmm. But I liked the the. I liked or had more fun with the three movies I ended up picking over um, Encanto. Going off of that, um, I liked Encanto a lot, too. I think I was closer to picking Luca. I really ah, liked Luca. Luca really loved Luca. Luca yeah. 
Luca was like such like a perfect like slice of life, yeah. like just like good vibes kind of film. Sometimes you just need good vibe. Wow, we didn't pick the good vibes movie. Instead, we picked the <laughs> Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just Luca was such a nice movie. Like it feels so real to like growing up. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I actually totally agree with that one. Nice. Another movie that I think is going to be a hot take. I really, if really liked. What do you think it. I'm going to say? Dude, I for some reason, I thought you were going to say old, but no, no. I was going to lose my absolute <laughs> shit. It, it's going to be. I think you'll have a similar reaction. I really liked okay. Cruella. Nah, dude, that's good. That's good. Dude, I, Cruella was like everyone said. I think it's hilarious that they're like, this is my Joker hilarious that's hilarious I, like, I saw the memes and i was like man this is gonna be so bad and then someone came over to my apartment once and was like you guys need to watch cruella i watched it last night i'm gonna watch it again with you tonight and we watched it was just it. a random person who knocked on your door like a chill was like, <laughs> you um, need to watch cruella it just like it kind of kicks ass like the costuming is really fun it's got heist vibes it's just like emma um emma stone is really good like didn't it yeah. win the Oscar for costumes? Oh, did it? I don't know. Yeah, oh, I, didn't watch I don't the remember. Oscars. I think I predicted it to win. Oh, so then it definitely won. Come on. <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty sure it did win for costumes. No, I like it seemed like a fun time. Like I feel like that's a movie where it's like if you're being a little hater stinker about it, then like come on, let's not you be hater stinker. Stinky haters. A little stinky stinky. <laughs> you're not um, a cutie. You're not a nasty cutie if you are a little hater. <laughs> haters are the yeah. opposite of the nasties and the cuties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. have no actually no haters. No one's ever sent us neg- sent us <laughs> negative feedback, and I'm kind of hoping for a little bit of negative feedback. <laughs> nice. <laughs> any any more from you guys? We want to jump into a couple. I've talked to a few audience ones. We want to jump into another audience one. What are we feeling? Yeah, let's, let's see what the audience. Let's do it. Let's audience do it. Got going. Oh, uh, a really interesting one. I haven't seen this yet, and I'm really disappointed because I really want to see it. But last night in Soho, someone said, um, "I I." You know, I love Edgar Wright and all like his movies. Uh, I heard it was a departure from what his usual style, but I love those two actresses like a lot. Anya Taylor-Joy and uh, I think Thomas something Wilson. She was Thomas the actress McKenzie. in Jojo Rabbit. Um, mm-hmm. All intents and purposes, I would love the movie and I purposely avoided anything about it because like, you know, apparently there was like a twist or like whatever. I really want to see it. I never got to. So I had no opinions on it, unfortunately. Um and I've heard mixed things, so I don't know. Oh, I'm in a similar boat. Um, I think it was a movie that I was like, hmm. I didn't know that Edgar Wright directed it, though. Yeah. Which, big Edgar Wright fan over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I probably did technically know that. Hmm. Making a second baby driver? <laughs> Shit. Sorry, I, I it, looked like up Edgar Half Wright. the cast needs to be away from that movie, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think Baby Driver 2 is the move, Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know. What else you got? Or what else from the audience? Uh, well, the the last one of, of mine that I'll throw out that I would have thrown out in the little uh, animation block, but Alex went on oh. a crazy tirade. I went on a tirade of honorable mentions. <laughs> this <laughs> fucking guy. Um, but uh, Pompo the Cinephile, um, this Japanese film that's just so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's calling it out again, doubling down. It's just a lot of fun. What is it? Because I, I haven't heard of it. Um, basically, Pompo, who is just like a film fan um, and oh, assistant right. to a producer, yeah. 
um, is just like, hmm. And then he's like, fine, you do it then. And she is put in charge of directing the movie. <laughs> no, it seems like like such a good movie and I would love to see it, honestly. Um, it's just it's just really fun. Yeah. And very much worth worth the the watch. Um, so I'm calling that one out again. Nice. As far as the other audience honorable mentions, rapid fire through a couple of them. Um, yeah. Audience member called out Boiling Point which I don't think any of us have seen. Yeah, no, that was a, uh, I was going to shout out cause like I, I wasn't familiar with it. Like it, the post looks vaguely familiar, but you know, yeah, you got, a, me. you a, got, I don't know anything about boiling movie? point, um, which a cooking, we love, we cooking. love, the cooking tough cooking love some, some cooking movies. Um, and then we had someone called out West side story, which <laughs> I never saw. <laughs> I yeah. I, I never saw. And I did, I didn't really have like a drive to see it. And there are certain like like a movies baby in Hollywood. Er, <laughs> nope. Two. Baby Driver Two. Uh, I didn't have a Baby Driver Two to see it. Uh I just like I get it. You're Steven Spielberg. I get it. It probably was phenomenal. You know, stories is whatever. But I don't need it. I think I think with and I think there are such other beautiful films that, you know, are coming out that are really, really great and that people should watch those instead. Um and, and I think yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Watch that. No, I mean, instead. you're all good. Uh, that was basically it. It's just like at a certain point, like I'm not going to say I hate remakes because I, I love certain remakes. And I think like it's some are really <laughs> we good. We did a whole purposeful. bracket about it. <laughs> and we did a whole bracket on it. Um, but for some reason, West Side Story fits in the camp for me where it's like, I don't really need it. Um, uh, and then we had Tick, Tick, Boom, which which I've seen. I really like. Yeah, I liked I it as really well. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Have you seen it, Alex? I have not. But it seems very up my alley. Love Andrew Garfield. Oh, dude, you yeah. would love it. it it's yeah. yeah, you would actually love it. Yeah. Garfield's performance is great. The movie in general was was good. Um, yeah, so nice. Thanks. I uh, actually I want to rapid fire. I had some more that I really uh, liked. Go um, for them. Yeah. No, that's okay. Uh, I really liked Free Guy. I really liked Dude, Free Guy was so fucking Free good. Guy Wait. was so fun. So <laughs> I had fun. so much fun. That was like a fun pick that I wished like again instead of a Jungle Cruise or like even a Spider Man No Way Home. Well, I, loved. <laughs> I guess mm. I could have done an Alex because um, I had <laughs> yeah. seen. I've not seen Free Guy. Um, it was a would love great it. time. Yeah, you would love, you would it. love it. Um, Best supporting actor Tyler Blevins. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stop it. It's Pokey Made. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's three streamers we've talked about on this. And then I have a list of movies that I haven't seen and I don't want to see. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the, it, my list is old. Yeah, thank uh, God. Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> yeah, that, I forgot about um, that. A Boss Baby Family Business. Thank you. Cinema. Thank you. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Why is that grown man pretending to be a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. What? Why is it happening? Uh, and then this is a movie I saw that I wish I hadn't seen. Please erase it from my brain. And that was Marvel's Eternals. God, it was so yeah, bad. Don't see it, baby. But it was god awful. Don't see it, Matt. Please don't see I it. I probably won't. A, a, a super quick little uh, link, link back to Dear Evan Hansen. Have not seen the movie. Probably will never watch it. But I have watched multiple 45 minute to an hour long YouTube videos discussing it. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. That's really so, funny. And I'm you probably really had a better time. Oh, I had a great time. It's, <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen's a great musical. I just don't get why Ben Platt is still attached to it. Well, He's so old. It, I mean, he, his, didn't his dad produce it? 
and his dad's Maybe, just trying to know. score him uh, that a, a sweet, sweet award of some kind. Get my little baby boy an award right now. What award? <laughs> I don't know. And, and, uh, Kids' Choice Award. <laughs> <laughs> ben Flat really campaigning for that Kids' Choice Award. Um, yeah, I heard he got snubbed. <laughs> Dude, if if Ben Platt in De- Dear Evan Hansen got slimed, I think it would have made a way better movie. <laughs> oh god! Um, Anything we, else? Uh, I just got a, a buzz on my phone. It looks oh, like no. we just got an email. Oh god! Please from without oh god, fail. he's back. Optimus Prime Rib. Long back time again. listeners will um, know. <laughs> He sent us two links, a YouTube link and I am okay, what's this? IMDb oh my god, this link. is 13 minutes long. <laughs> IMDb. Okay, so this IMDb link is <laughs> he links the, to the awards. The, the Transformers Age of Extinction Awards page on IMDb. Oh, one of the no worst movie here. of the year at no the Golden, Golden Schmoes. <laughs> um and this YouTube video Let's see. It's I it's, guess it's 13 minutes long. We're not watching this whole on. thing. I'm sorry. It's every explosion <laughs> in Michael Bay's Transformers Age of Extinction. And it's 13 minutes. Um, yeah. thir- okay, unpack that for like half a second. 13 minutes of screen time in that movie are explosions. That's That's insane. so much money. That's like <laughs> so much money. It's an insane amount of money. Uh, and yeah, it is in fact just a bunch of explosions. Wow, this is so funny. Yeah, um, I love you, Optimus Prime Rib. I love the constant and uh, unending harassment, but I'm not watching this whole video. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the Teen Choice Awards that got nominated for Best Villain, who's the villain in this Isn't movie? it just the... the, e- the, sp- the Isn't it the Megatron ship? again? Isn't it's Megatron probably back? just Megatron again, right? No. <laughs> It's the, oh, it's, it's the Romeo and Juliet laws. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking system, man. Yeah, all those kids are real worried. Oh, God. And it got nominated for Best Breakout Star. Oh, you know. Uh, the T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> no, fucking uh, the dude who talks to plants from The Happening. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> that's, his bre- that's his breakout Wait, role. That's that's not real. It's not real. But oh, okay. it, it's uh, Nicola Peltz Beckham. Think is David that, Beckham's daughter. Oh, that's that's um, no, that's Megatron. <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> um, yeah, Jesus. again, not watching this entire video. It is literally just 13 minutes of explosions. Also, this has 2,000 views. Layer <laughs> like, three of them. <laughs> so I am confused on why this was sent to us because it's not like this video was in 2021, <laughs> this was uploaded to YouTube on April 6th, 2020. Which I is, think it's um, showing it's weirdly, showing the cinema of you know explosions. <laughs> and, uh, I also want to unpack why someone made this compilation <laughs> six years later and uploaded it. <laughs> like what? Uh, YouTube.com forward slash this guy's channel. What are what are some of this guy's other videos? Uh, he mostly does programming. <laughs> like unironically, <laughs> this is mostly Python tutorials in French. That's absolutely wild. What? He just really likes Transformers Age of Extinction, I guess. Yeah, he's done in every explosion of Michael Bay in like every single one of Michael Bay's movies. He like went he through, does, went through he a does phase. A Fren- he does a French Python tutorial every week. It came out yesterday. Um, but like he going back, he went through a phase in 2020. I guess quarantine hit this man hard where he just <laughs> for like every single Michael Bay movie did a compilation. <laughs> 
Dude. Yeah, he had to have time. That's crazy. Anyway, thank you so much, Optimus Prime Rib. Again, I'm not watching all 13 minutes of that. <laughs> um, Wild. Thank you so much for all your honorable mentions, listeners. We really do appreciate it. Um, shall we get into our final matchup here? Let's do it. So on one side of this matchup, triumphing <laughs> over uh, Jungle Cruise. Uh, um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and malignant two absolute unstoppable forces um <laughs> or very stoppable forces <laughs> to make its way to the finals we've got mitchell's versus the machines and on the other side making its way past spider-man no way home and worst person in the world we've got nine days both of these pitched by our very own jake jakey boy Jakey boy seen a lot of movies. <laughs> if you want to uh, quickly introduce these two, Jake. Yeah, I would love to. Um, dude, Mitchell's versus the Machines, directed by Michael Rianda. Rianda. Yeah, whatever. Rianda, I think. Rianda. No, there's no extra A. Sorry. Ricky Regatta. I am so sorry, Michael. Remember back like 60 episodes ago, we used to look these things up before we hit record? I'm going to redo that. Yeah, I would love to, guys. Why are we laughing? Jake just said he wants to introduce these movies. I'm just so naturally I'm not going to cut any of that out. Cool, I figured. Mitchell's vs. the Machines, directed by Michael Rianda. Uh, this look, it's a Sony animation film, you know, from the folks that brought you into the Spider-Verse. They did this awesome, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie about a quirky filmmaker in Michigan. She clashes with her technology hating father and they're forced to go on a road trip. And in the middle of that shit, all hell breaks loose. Machines take over and they have to save the world. Um, it's, it's just such a beautiful, like fun family film. And I'm so proud of it for making it this far. Um, a big word of mouth success, I feel, and anyone who sees it, I, I haven't gotten a negative word about this movie. Uh, on the other side is Nine Days. Uh, lovely, lovely movie again. Uh, this is one where a man lives, uh, he conducts a series of interviews um, in this little house in the middle of some, you know, purgatory, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he interviews a bunch of human souls for the chance to be born and live life. This is like a very, it's more of like, you know, like indie film stuff. It's like very like uh, sci-fi, but like kind of, you know, exploring philosophy and like human like life and all that. It's very Oscar-y, but it didn't get any Oscar buzz. So I just felt like it, I I just love showing people this movie because I feel like it's a very like special movie to me. And I feel like it hits a lot of things that I think a bunch of different people would really enjoy and get from it. And I think it's a great original idea. It's from a filmmaker. This is directorial debut, which is absolutely insane for how like well-crafted this movie is. Um, So yeah, I'm just excited that it made it this far as well um, and that my friends enjoy it. So it's going to be a wild matchup. Yeah, I did much better introducing these than I did uh last time <laughs> if i knew what i'm very proud of myself yeah those were great you did a great job thank you so much jake um so anyone have uh, a comparison right off the bat um alternatively i can do one i guess yeah go for it um so i've got a lot of thoughts on nine days philosophy but i'll hold off on that for now we'll, we'll start off with a light one 
Um, Ooh, he's like teasing us for future. I know. <laughs> I know baiting you just a little bit. Satiate those philosophical taste buds. As is quickly becoming tradition and as in I did it last time talking about Aristotle with another round. But beyond that, talking Mitchell's and nine days, um, I brought this up when we very first talked about nine days, but it has not an obsession, but I think that there is some underlying theming to do with being special. And nine days equates that with talent, I think pretty heavily. And I think that Mitchell's versus the machines also has a perspective on what it means to be special or what makes a person special. And that movie, at least in my interpretation, it sees it very much as being yourself, as being your own unique human being and really embracing that. So what do you what do you kind of make of this idea of being special, being, you know, and how both these movies deal with that idea? I think, you know, it, it's interesting because I think Mitchell's versus Machines looks at it from a family perspective like they look at it from the perspective of like oh my parents don't understand me which i feel like is its own version of like being a unique person compared to i feel like what nine days does is it looks at compares the ideas of talent and being special and like worthiness of life in i think it like holds these things up and it tries to like show you that all of them are important rather than like, I don't think it comes to a conclusion that like talent makes you special because I think I can't think of the character, the actress's name, the, um, the soul who doesn't make it in the end. Zazie um, beats character. Emma, uh, yes. Zazie beats. Like she doesn't have any like extreme talent. She's just incredibly thoughtful. Like she she's just, just loves, an interesting, yeah. unique person, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's not a talent. I think that, like we see her as special because one, she acts differently from the other people or from the other souls, but like her interests are different than the other souls in certain ways, you know? And right. um, I think that if we're, if we had been given enough time and like if the other souls interactions with Winston Duke had been framed differently, I think we would have thought the same thing about all of them, hmm. you know, like, cause all of them were unique. And I think mm -hmm. she was very, very clearly framed to be like, she is special because she's so different. Right. But I think all of them are given a chance to be special, especially the ones in their goodbyes. The one, the artist, yeah. I think you see his like he's art really and his talent, point. but you don't see, I think that he's like special until you really get into the meat of his interaction. And then at the end, when he's saying goodbye, same with the um, woman who rides the bike, like, that mm. is a very I unique love that scene. thing, right? It's so good. It's a very unique moment that like, if we hadn't gotten that scene, we never would have realized that that wasn't even an interest she had, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think nine days does that kind of thing really well, where it's like, that's purposeful where we don't get to spend a lot of time with different people and we can still showcase them in very small, lovely ways. And Emma, she encompasses like at the end, she literally showcases all the small ways even smaller things, even things that we didn't even get to see that were like really, really great. And I think to your point, Matthew, of like this versus Mitchell's and like what makes like someone special, or whatever. I think there's like a um, 
for Mitchells, it focuses a lot on like a family dynamic and what makes you special, like through others, because like we're social creatures, we're through others. Where Nine Days kind of like tries to individualize it like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and what like how are we special? Like what what like what is special with us? And then I think Zazie Beat's character challenges that with Will at the end and like be like, okay, well, it's not just individuals while we're all special. It's with other people as well and all these things, if that makes yeah. sense. I think going off of that, like when she leaves the questions for him and stuff, or like the the things she leaves behind, to me, that symbolizes the movie looking at like, well, I am special because like, not because I am different from everyone else, but because of the effect that I had on you. And it's like, the, I'm special because of the change I had. So like, I am special mm-hmm. myself, but I'm special because of the way I affect you, um, which I just think is fascinating. Are you guys familiar with the poem? that winston yes. duke performs at the end will um song of myself yes, by actually yes. so i think this is one of the big things i actually wanted to talk about with nine days is i think the the movie is like inherently an affront to the idea of well not that's maybe a way too strong of a statement <laughs> um I think I, I very much agree. The movie ends on a conclusion that there is this collective identity to people because Song of Myself, complicated to try and summarize really quickly. However, it becomes very apparent as the, if you're listening closely, either as you read selections of it in the film or if you read the entire poem, is not just like, it, it is spoken from the narrator's perspective, but the narrator is not just like a single entity. He is a representation of like people in general, um, like the quote i am large i am i contain multitudes like mm-hmm. it is meant that you contain so much more than yourself that you are an, an individual that is defined collectively which i think is a huge part of where this movie leaves its characters in that you obviously have will who is imparted with all these small statements from emma that will forever remind him of the impact that she left even after she is gone um and even i think kane like they have that dinner together yeah. where they sort of, you know, such an important scene, such a great scene. Yeah. Like despite the fact that he will not remember the selection process, will not remember anything from it. I think it's meant to show like there is some imparting we have of each other, uh, imparting that we do onto each other um, in a collectively identified way, um, which I think is why like the film's essential theme, like it's so cool that, um, like there are notes of this throughout, but I think the film waits to drop that thesis until the end because it recontextualizes yeah. everything else, yeah. which I think is done really nicely. It's like super purposeful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, totally agree. Which just to talk a tiny bit of the philosophy, um, I think <laughs> relates really interestingly. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting to make this comment since you said it the first time we talked about nine days. Yeah. You likened that this end scene to another round. And yeah. I like touched on like, oh, I don't know if I agree. And I think it's because I I mentioned this. I think that in some ways their philosophies are inherently kind of at odds um, because nine days takes this collective identity idea. Whereas another round I view very much through the lens of like Aristotelian philosophy, like you are individually defined by like what you strive for in the good of yourself, which I think is so cool. Um, that those scenes reminded <laughs> you of each other, despite them having like antithetical theses, um, yeah, which is like a beautiful because awesome. I see both because I I also as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, that's actually really cool because it gave me the same like 
maybe the philosophy is different, but it gave me a similar feeling. Like the yeah, feeling energy is the, the energy yeah. is sort of like very similar down vibes. inside. Very, yeah. yeah. Very similar moods, which yeah. is so cool that two directors can convey very different ideas with that same mood. Yeah. Um, it's just one awesome. of the things that like, the more I've sat with nine days, the more I think I've appreciated its view on philosophy. And I think why my initial response was more mixed is because yeah, it doesn't align with like a lot of the like reading and philosophical work that I have done. Um, mm. And I was like, you know, I don't know. Um, but like the more I've sat with it, I realized like it does have this big thesis at the end. It just waits until the end to drop it, which is just like, well, well it's yeah, like, it, it, and it's, I feel it's like it's asking it you to go rewatch it. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's asking you to rewatch it. And I feel like if they would have given their thesis about how they feel about things in the beginning, it would have kind of ruined the interactions because yeah. we are the placeholders of those like things. We are like the we are doing the work there. And if they did all the work for us in the beginning. Sure. And it, as a film, you know, it wasn't like it didn't want to be a film where it just was completely open ended and you have to decide all these things, which can work for some films. But there's there's like, OK, we had you do all the work. This is how we feel about it. You don't have to feel the same way, but this is how we feel. And mm-hmm. I think that's like awesome. I think that's great and really, yeah. really like smart, clever, like writing and like filmmaking. For sure. I think, too. And this is another conversation I want to get into of how the two movies handle the past and growth and change and then Mm. like looking to the past to like find answers because in Mitchell's versus the machines, it's obviously like very important to their relationship. um, The way that like the old family tapes and things like those are used to reveal information to like change, help them like realize each other's perspective both these films uh, got tapes, man. It's all yeah. about tapes. We're all about nostalgia. Just, like, <laughs> how do you guys think like the tapes compare? Like, how are they used differently, similarly? What do you guys think? I think that this is actually an instance where I really, I really like Mitchell's, and I think it has a leg up on like that device specifically because I feel like it really grounds like a family thing, and like also, like yet these souls that are shown the things in nine days they haven't lived like you said they haven't experienced it and that's still a beautiful thing we know that as an audience but as characters they're learning it whereas in mitchell's we see it and we're like learning but they have way more context as characters that exist in that world for those tapes and it's like and you could tell that and it's like a beautiful thing and it hits of course like again the nostalgia like a very purposeful like using tapes instead of like cds and like those like little little choices I feel like are really like special and indicative on like how like that feels like such a family. Like that feels like very specific. And I think how they articulate that and like show that, especially in the animated uh, medium is really, really special. Um, I really enjoy how Mitchell's does that. Mitchell's does a lot, I think to really hit on nostalgia. Like when they're in the mall and the uh, Furbies are (laughs) chasing them, (laughs) like out of nowhere. So good. It's so good. But I, I want to hit on something you said about like the souls don't, you know, like understand what they're seeing. I just had the realization that like, I was wondering why it sometimes feels so like off when you're watching nine days, like the characters sometimes just feel off and it's because they're supposed to feel alien. Like they're not Mm -hmm. supposed to feel human. And I just realized like now the difference between the souls and will is I, it just finally hit me. 
Um, and like he spends all his time doing that too. Imagine the impact someone can have of someone who's he's been trying not to feel human. I mean, he had that whole line with Zazie Beat's character. He's like, "Well, why don't you do it again? Why don't you act?" He's like, "If I did that again, I'd feel human. Like I'd feel alive again." Yeah. And like, who boy? So he has the choice to feel alive. He just chooses not. To, that's why he chooses not to like eat. He chooses not to drink. And then he finally shared that drink with a uh, Tony Hale's character and like stuff like that. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to feel alive until the end. Which two pieces one because we barely touched on Tony Hale's character. I think there's yeah. a really a great, smart yeah. detail where that sharing the beer is his like send off memory mm-hmm. because like. I imagine Will knows that he's going to react poorly to hearing the news. He's not moving on. Yeah. And he's not going to get the chance to like have that like mm-hmm. final. And we experience. didn't get to see an interaction like that with the. Other. Yeah, it's very exactly. I, I thought that that was very clever. Well, very yeah. well done. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, a great little detail. Um, mm-hmm. I want to call out. You said you had two things. What was the other thing? Um, jog my memory. What were the last couple things you were talking about? Because um, it like uh, immediately started to escape me. <laughs> People feel an alien nostalgia. Um, um, oh, I do have something on the the nostalgia piece, but this is a pulling us away from the comment that you are making, Jake. Um, something with the nostalgia piece, I think, is really fascinating. And like the choice to use Furbies and whatever is it's very clear from like right at the top of the credits. The director shares a, a photo. He's like the real Mitchell's family of his own um, family. So, I, you know, I think there's meant to be elements of like his own familial relationships. And I'm sure like the nostalgia feelings are probably very intentionally part of this film for like the the writers, for the director the of like, yeah, the yeah, things that they are genuinely nostalgic of. And that's, I think, why it captures it so well without having it feel like overly commercial or or insincere. Yeah, because um, these are I real people. This is not like a yeah. big studio where they're trying to like. This is not Disney uh, nostalgia, which is, I feel like, is a very different nostalgia. It's very commercial nostalgia. Yeah, um, I agree. I also think I, I'm coming to this realization now where it's like, they're probably also a heavy nostalgia thing, too, because, like, the dad was so adverse to technology or whatever, but, like, he grew up in a generation, like, the nostalgia of, like, his, like, stuff that he grew up on is has such a heavy footprint on, like, the film and on it. Like, he's always around it, and it always still feels good. So, like, I don't know. That's interesting. What what do we make? So I'm going to throw out two thoughts. Mm-hmm. What do we maybe we'll talk about them one at a time because I yeah, don't, feel don't like forget the, the second one. The second one, I, 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 I won't. But the second one is just going to take us off the rails, I feel like. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, what do we make of the like technological Luddite anti-consumerist angle that Mitchell's tries to push? Because they make a couple of statements that are like big tech bad. Um, question mark um we're like clearly they don't want to i don't know double down too hard on it because sony is producing it and sony you know makes a bunch of technology but like the movie has like tinges of like anti-consumerist angles and Mm -hmm. it doesn't like squarely land anti-technology but i feel like it's like don't take it too far now folks to me it feels like it's coming at it from a perspective of to me, it, it it doesn't seem like technology bad. It seems like it's taking the perspective of like these like big time tech CEOs, billionaires, yeah, like these 
kinds of people should not exist and hold the power that they have. That that to <laughs> me is the perspective that it is coming from. Yeah, it Anti-CEO. was more like there are certain yeah. peoples who are bad peoples. And uh, I think we all agree they're bad peoples. But what do we do about that? We don't have a robot uprising to to showcase, you know. Keep buying new iPhones is what we Keep do about it. New yep. <laughs> um, and the other point, all-out battle between mm-hmm. the, the robot uprising <laughs> in Mitchell's versus the machines versus Ultron. Ooh. You know, little iPhone versus uh, little, well, little sexy Remember, that was a whole age of Ultron. You remember how long that lasted? A whole age. <laughs> Yeah, I, the whole age of Ultron. It's like, well, a, like I don't know, three days, like a the week whole or three days yeah. age of Ultron. Well, yeah, that's true. I'll, it would have been badass if they would have named the movie Avengers Three Days of Ultron. <laughs> For what it's worth, the robots and Mitchells did successfully take out like every human on Earth, sans a single family. You know? Yeah. No, I think I think Mitchells are clearing here because I don't think Ultron was that powerful. Okay, so we think we think the machines in Mitchell's versus the machines beat Ultron. Yeah. Do, okay. Now the next. I think piece they're quirkier, and he would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think that the machines in Mitchell's could defeat the Avengers? Yeah. Which hmm. Avengers are we talking? The ones in Age of Ultron. I don't know, dude. Quicksilver gets shot. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. The fastest motherfucker in the world gets shot by a bullet. Yeah. I think, um, yes. I think it's the same thing of they get put in the little boxes. And the then Avengers do. The Avengers aren't. aren't um, how, are they, how are they defeating the Hulk? Let's how be, are they let's getting, be out, of, how are they getting out of those boxes? They got energy <laughs> shields. They turn they off the Wi-Fi. Screwdrivers. They turn off the Wi-Fi and Tony Stark's climbing li- right in that, that baby. <laughs> Dude, Ant-Man could just shrink up the butts of all the robots. You guys forget. It's the classic. Ant-Man might be on their side. That's true. That's the other thing. If there is a robot uprising, there are some Avengers who are going to switch sides. If the MCU has taught us anything, it's that the Avengers don't like each other. Like, they're not obese. wait. Why didn't Ultron just turn off the Wi-Fi? Because he had to kill himself. Ultron didn't figure it out. Oh, that's true. He's on the web. He's on the web. He would have killed himself. <laughs> he is up. <laughs> yes, yeah, phantom say virus. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, no, it's not worth it. Joke's not you worth it. You didn't see that coming? That's the exact accent <laughs> that Aaron Taylor Johnson gives. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets shot and dies. Um, he could have just pushed them out of the way or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay. And then... Mitchell's family versus Ultron. I think we we all fall. Mitchell's easily sweep Ultron. Easy, no problem. Easy, yeah, easy money. Yeah. Done. Ultron's a pushover. Uh, Mitchell's versus <laughs> Avengers. Hmm. How are the Mitchells dealing with the Hulk? <laughs> um, dude, I think I think they just have a the little brother talk to the Hulk, and he would short circuit, <laughs> and then he would like go back to being Bruce Banner. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think that's mm. what would happen. Like how in but Avengers I, the Hulk wouldn't come out. It's like that kind yeah, of thing. It's that the Hulk kind is of just thing. like I can't. I can't with you. I can't. Not, not this doing kid. It. I can't do it. Not that kid. Yeah. Okay. I cool. I do think if they got imagine if the Mitchells got Scarlet Witched. Like imagine if they got bewitched. <laughs> like what would they do? What's going on with them? What would they see? What would their dreams be? Who knows? Uh, I'm gonna be honest, I've never seen Age of Ultron, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean it does take three whole days to watch it, so you know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some clips. 
So I've pretty much covered the necessary pieces. <laughs> yeah, probably. Cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to get a couple of those questions out of the way because I saw yeah. clear parallels, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Robots? Yeah, I'm glad. I, I don't know. I feel like like I may vote for Age of Ultron here. It it might. It's a real dark horse in this race. It's a dark horse. Um, now, remember, Malignant is also attached to. <laughs> <laughs> and now that we've talked about Age of Ultron, Malignant is attached to Age of Ultron as well. As well. Yeah, if honestly, if Ultron had a Malignant... <laughs> That, that movie would have ended very differently. Could you imagine Ultron's head splitting open and just tiny little robot arms claw out? Or, even more terrifying, they're little, like, biological masses. So he's half man, half machine. Jeez. He's now cyborg Ultron. R slash mm-hmm. brand new sentences. Do you think Ultron having a malignant? Like, no one has ever said that shit. Do you think he becomes We give you powerful? brand new content. Brand new content. 100% yeah. original. Wow. Thank you. A circling back to nine days yeah 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 you were right you we were the off the rails would deal with ultron <laughs> <laughs> how would the souls deal when thanos snaps them they're in pre-existence do they go to sub pre-existence in they the all, soul they stone? all have to drink a beer with tony hale that's it <laughs> honestly if thanos just sat down had a beer like that guy would calm down <laughs> what if, what if, why hasn't anyone asked thanos to have a beer <laughs> <laughs> what if like I went up dead ass? Hey Thanos, you just want a brewski? You just want a brewski, dude? Settle you down, a bevy man. with the boys. Oh man, man, Fast Nine was good. <laughs> Is that the premise? They go to space to fight Thanos? No, to give or Thanos no, a brewski. 11, Twelve. Which yeah. one's? The, they're going to space. Jake, I don't. Okay, <laughs> they quick, are. quick sidebar. <laughs> quick fucking sidebar. Jake says it every time we bring it up, and I have no idea if that's true. The very first time, <laughs> I like push back a little bit. And I'm like, I don't know if that's actually true, Jake. And now, like, my brain's just accepted that they that's go fact. to space. They do. I shit you not. They go to space. We'll see. We'll see when it comes out. Uh, honestly, <laughs> F9, the Fast Saga, uh, another honorable mention for the year. <laughs> that Shit, did that come year? out this last year? Yeah, that was this year. Damn, that's Jesus. crazy. Um, okay, so circling back to yeah, um, yeah. nine days. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's like a good way to make this statement without coming. Like <laughs> Zazzy beats his character <laughs> without coming. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Zazzy beats his character Emma. So I I don't want to like make this like a like I'm making like a one to one claim here, but there's part of me that I think there's some elements of like the the manic pixie dream girl like mm. saves the male lead okay. to their dynamic that mm. like I don't want to go all the way with it because I do generally think she she's pretty well performed and written. Mm-hmm. But I do think like it seeps in there a little bit where mm. she mostly serves a vehicle for wills for growth um and i just want to know what you guys make of that so it's it's tricky because like surface level maybe but i think the film is like smarter than than to fall into that trap especially because her interactions with other people that she gets Mm -hmm. like it it sucks that like they were uh, she only got to interact with males like she did interact with benedict wong's character and like also like was really well with him. She didn't interact with Kane and we talked about him parting with him. She is helping all these people, but I think it's just because of like how her character was because she's just living her life. She's not trying to help them. She doesn't even know what that fully means. I feel like that is tricky. I, I haven't really viewed it like that. So it's like fresh and monogamous in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. It's, it's like an interesting perspective. I think 
part of it comes from the inherent setup of the movie because most of the interactions are one-on-one conversations between Will and one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it definitely can be viewed in that way. I think they try to make it as much as possible of she is trying to experience life for the first time and Will, it's not like um, it doesn't feel like that kind of trope of like it's hard to describe right but i feel i feel like it feels different it feels different and i can't pinpoint why maybe it's because will's character maybe because that trope to me feels very high school like it feels like a very like coming of age story trope (laughs) and this to me does not give that vibe at all maybe that's why yeah Yeah, you feel like just actual people and i i honestly don't even like feel Yes, they don't necessarily put them in boxes of, like, gender either. Like, that's just, like, the forms that they're, like, with. So, like, it's also, like, playing on that, these are just literally just people. And then they're not um, following in boxes of, like, oh, the, the the woman is catering to the man and, like, doing whatever the man is trying to say, like, stuff like that. It just feels like these are literally souls trying to exist in life and uh and how that goes it just so happens that one used to be alive and and is is struggling um Mm -hmm. but that's tricky and that that is interesting and that is uh i i could see people giving that critique to this to this film for sure yeah that does that does it you're absolutely right in that fact like broad strokes i agree with both of you and specifically alex there's this sense of like it's why i was so careful about the way that i brought it up is like it feels different from the trope but like yeah when you like look at plot elements, et cetera, at least on the surface level, like it does, you know, it, it looks, does fit it, the description. It, like, it, it yeah, does. yeah. It but does. then like, it's like, it, you know, I'm not 100% convinced it passes the the smell test of like mm-hmm. the what it really means to be a have a manic pixie dream baby in your film. Um, right. Yeah, I just think it's an interesting thing, like worth thinking about. You said manic pixie dream baby. Because that was a sketch that we. Uh, <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. That is so funny. You said Manic Pixie Dream Baby. Did we used to do sketch comedy together? <laughs> Imagine. That um, is so funny. Manic Pixie Dream Girl. <laughs> Whoops. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> There's so much more that we could say about these movies. I feel like we could talk about them for probably another hour at least. Um, mm-hmm. But. We're coming up on our time yeah. limit. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one thing really I'll tough. say, like the very last thing I'll say about these two movies, out of all the ones that we we had in the Oscars bracket, I think for me, these two are definitely the ones where like I really would love people to watch them. Like I think and I think we have a very strong finale of like films where it's like I feel so good about showing people these movies. Uh, besides malignant that's like come on guys everyone go watch <laughs> that's <Malignant>. a gimme <laughs> but uh no i genuinely think these are very like awesome movies that i feel like i would love people to see and there's a reason why we could talk about them agnosium so yeah that's my my always pitch at the end of these things for people to watch <laughs> these movies because like reasons we do the podcast one to talk to each other have fun we love each other on this on this show but two i really hope people uh feel motivated to watch some of these movies from like these artists that are making really good stuff out there yeah how are we feeling are we ready to make a decision um i don't feel ready but like i don't know if i ever would because i I love these movies for very distinct reasons i think is the tough part yeah it's the tough cut it's the tough tough cute it's the tough tough cute tough cute Wait, are you Aaron Taylor Johnson in Age of Ultron? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, I'm going to write down my vote this time. Oh, we haven't done that in a hot minute. It's been a hot minute, but I feel yeah. like we should this time. Yeah, because I, 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 I'm going to feel... I'm gonna. I've, I feel a snaky desire to change my vote. <laughs> so yeah, I agree with you. I think I know my vote for sure, and I can go first. It's it is tough, but I think actually our conversations. You know how sometimes we have these conversations and they're not helpful at all. <laughs> this time around, I feel like it actually genuinely did help me. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Down. I'm written down. Okay, Jake, you're so confident. You go first. I did write it down. I will. Um, we say it all the time genuinely do love both these movies i think our discussion that helped me the most was um talking about kind of what it means like to be like special or human like the relationships to like basically what which camp do you land on whether like it's about the individual and then the uh theme at the end like matthew said versus and mitchell's like the familial that kind of thing i'm gonna vote for nine days i i think it's just like it's so well crafted and and very very strong and also, Mitchell's did get at least nominated. It didn't win, but Nine Days didn't get any love. And I feel like that's a shame. So I'm voting for Nine Days here. This man's signal boosting. Yeah, man. I am voting for Nine Days. I just felt, I don't know, something about it really hit my soul. And I know that, that I think is kind of what it's going for. Like it wants to like have that impact on you. And for me, it just hit really well. That's crazy. Thinking back to our Oscars bracket last year, I went on this big, long tirade of like the best movie I saw or my favorite movie of the year. And And it was Sonic. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, um, (laughs) I this year am am voting in much the same way. Nine days. I think that I'm I'm an absolute sucker for a philosophical movie and um, (laughs) getting the the it it. I mean it very literally when I say the more I sit down and think about the movie's core philosophy. And even if it isn't a philosophy, I necessarily like 100% identify Mm. with the fact that it has like a a cogent philosophy and stands by it and makes that dramatic thesis at the end is so beautiful. Yeah, it was it's great. It's a really special movie and a so impressive for a directorial debut. People should watch it. Definitely go watch it. Dude, look at look at us. Look at us in our Oscars. We're, we're, we we were all together then. What's, what's the consensus? Yes. The, what, con- we we yeah. had a consensus. Unanimous. 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 We did both we come unanimous to a, a unanimous consensus. Um, in another round and this one. So maybe, uh, maybe. And Jake or Alex didn't vote for another round. He voted for no. Palm Springs. Oh, shit. It was oh, yeah, maybe. Palm Springs. I don't remember. Right. That was such a good matchup, too. Those movies are so that was, good. That oh, was like, wow. Great, great movies. Well, honestly, we don't miss when it comes to our Oscars brackets. No, <laughs> yeah, we, we, every we, movie yeah. in this bracket deserved to be here. Oh, it did. Jungle it did. Cruise included. It did. Those conquistadors, what would they do against Ultron? Find hey, out next yeah. episode. <laughs> right, right. What, what are their names? Just quick. Can you give me their names for the um, audience? Jake Sully. Haha. Funny fucking Sully. <laughs> Aguirre was one of them. Alex knows. Alex is internalized. Dude, here's the thing. I cannot challenge you on that because I don't know. Oh. Uh, Dwayne with- the Rock Johnson. <laughs> true, technically. True. That is true. With that, nine days was the tough cut Oscars pick of the year. Um, we will be sending an award. I'm sure it'll get mm-hmm. lost in the mail again. <laughs> oh, God, getting lost. Dude, our intern sucks. Yeah, <laughs> we need to get some new interns. So if you're looking for a summer internship, you can apply by DMing <laughs> us on Twitter. Um, but what do we got coming next bracket, guys? 
I, no. I feel like I, I hear oh, did something. We even, did we even hint about it this time? I don't think we did any hints. No. I don't think I we think, talked about I it I think all. I said the word like booty at least a couple of times. I probably let out some args, you know. Mm. All right, guys. Mm. Porno bracket. Here it comes. Porno bracket. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Dude, we should do some like, we should. That'd be a fun Whoa, one. Alex, you, you missed the <laughs> the note we sent out right before recording. There was another God, our fucking email? intern sucks. Our intern sucks. Why doesn't <laughs> he show? We're firing him. Um, no, the tough guts taking to the high seas. We're doing a pirate bracket, baby. Pirates, baby. Oh, um, God, I love pirates. Uh, in the coming weeks, days, whatever, we will be making an announcement as to what's in the bracket on social media. So be on the lookout for that. Um, it should be a ton of fun and a bit lighter fare after this stinky old Oscar bracket. Stinky, stinky, stinky. We are taking a, a slight break next week. There will be a bonus episode coming out because of some scheduling conflicts that we have. Um, mm-hmm. But it'll be coming out on time. Uh, we pre-recorded it. It's a pretty fun oh, okay. one. We're going with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. nice. I think so. Yeah, um, I think so. It'll be good, so look forward to that next week. Uh, and then Pirate Bracket will be coming a week after yeah, that. Lots, lots. And, you know, it works out because while we didn't hint at the Pirate Bracket, we technically did hint at uh, the we bonus did, episode. We did hint at our and bonus we'll episode. Keep you, so yeah. stay tuned. Keep you guessing till it comes out. But it's coming up quick, True. so stay ready. With that, um, stay ready. if you enjoyed today's Wink. episode, um, who should they share it with? Nice. <laughs> Dude, share it with someone who has not been born yet. Mm. Share it with your unborn mm. nephew. Find yes. someone who's pregnant and shove this episode up against the, the pregnant mother's uh, belly. I don't so like how you said shove the... up. Don't say shove up. Don't do that. Don't do that, that baby about to start listening to some fire, dude. They're going to come out an award-winning comedian, guaranteed. Hey, baby. What's up? Um, building listeners in the womb. That's our plan. Uh, so the please baby's do that. on sabbatical, honey. <laughs> <laughs>